So I'm a full-time businessman in the marketplace and I'm a full-time pastor in the pulpit. So you have a growing church and lots of people. So we're impacting all spheres of influence. Now you're hitting marketplace, you're hitting the church, and now you're hitting the city gates, city leaders, uh, uh, elected officials, those yes. that make legislative decisions now through the marketplace and the ministry, which all of its <clears throat> ministry, I understood, but it, through, no through the bivocational dynamic, what it does is it positions you to have a greater impact in the community. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Heirs, where faith meets business, inspiring the kingdom-minded entrepreneur. Today, I've got the great privilege of having my friend here, David Bendette, the owner of Five Coffee Waves locations here in Corpus Christi, Texas. He is married with three children, and he is the lead founding pastor of Rock City Church. Man. Good welcome, Thank welcome, you. David. Thank you. thank you for being here. It's so good to be here. I'm really glad I could finally come, and thank you for asking me to be here. You are a very um, productive person. I don't like the word busy, so I, I would yeah. have to say you're a very productive person. I don't mind the word busy if you add kingdom or father business in front of it, because if you're doing what the Lord tells you to do, it doesn't matter how busy you are. Well, and how long it takes you to That's do it. That's exactly right. Well said. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am glad that uh, we can sit down and talk. I want to say this, um, David first crossed paths, David and I first crossed paths, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was probably 2012, and you were, uh, there was an event going on in the community, and you showed up, and you were playing uh, the bongo? The congas. How, what is it? Congas. Congas. Yes, the congas. Okay, right. and you looked like um, Tarzan. You had really long hair, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and you were just beating that drum, and you were singing, and I don't know what you were doing, but I yeah. was very, I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Then I come to find out that uh, this is the the young young new pastor who just launched Rock City Church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We talked for like two minutes, and uh, that was it. But I always remembered this guy, and I remember seeing your location in Flower Bluff. And I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. this is this is who this guy is, mm-hmm. and so. But then I found out. I said, okay, then you got you have this coffee business. I'm yeah. Like, what this pastor's got a coffee business? Mm-hmm. I want to hear about that. I want to hear how you went and got started in coffee ministry. Your how'd you find Corpus Christi? What I mean, what are you doing here? Well, that's a long story, but I will condense it for the sake of time. Come I on. basically moved here to be a campus pastor. I went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. I moved here to be a campus pastor for a pastor that was in Oklahoma City. And we're going back, you know, 17 years. Okay. It was the one of the first video churches probably in the state of Texas and for sure in this region. And wow. it was a satellite church. So I got hired to be a campus pastor for this pastor in Oklahoma City. I got here and my first number one issue that I had with Corpus Christi, aside from all the people complaining about Corpus Christi, (laughs) that bothered me. I love Corpus Christi, but I do too. (laughs) But it was the lack of good coffee. And I love artisan level espresso. I love real rocket fuel craft handmade coffee. And there was were you a were you a producer of that high quality at that time? One of my closest friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tor Nordstrom, who owns Nordagio's Coffee. Okay. One of my dearest friends. He's my roaster and the one that got me into the coffee business. Okay. When I was thirty three years old, he introduced me to a traditional macchiato. I didn't drink coffee because I'm already high wired. Like I haven't even had coffee now, and I'm like, you ready to go? On fire! I saw that. Yeah, I'm usually. I've always been an afternoon coffee drinker. Now I'm a late morning coffee drinker because I'm 53. So if I have it too late, it will keep me up at night. But I like an 11 o'clock coffee. All right. A 10, 11 o'clock coffee. And so every day in the afternoon, he turned me on to a traditional macchiato because I'd have this little lull between my day routine and my night routine. Yeah, of course. Like and, most of us. And I love naps, by the way. So so the macchiato was my nap killer. The key is the nap. The, that's right. And so uh, I love the traditional macchiato. It's a uh, it's a, in a three ounce demi tasse cup. It's got a little bit of steamed cream in it. It's a ristretto espresso shot, and it is rocket fuel. I don't like I don't do long sipping coffees. I like to shoot my coffee and roll, right? Because that's my personality. And so, the tr- unlike me, I like my tall. Yeah, macchiato caramel latte. That's yeah. actually a grande. Not a, a I'm not a coffee connoisseur, a but I do drink medium. your coffee. Every morning. 
Good, good. You're a good man. You're a smart man. I'm committed. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's good, better, and best in the coffee world, right? And Come most on. people think their Maxwell House and Folgers is good or that their Starbucks is better, but none of it's the best. And so you have to have really great fresh roasted, fresh ground, mm, fresh pulled with baristas that know what they're doing, great equipment that take pride and care in what they're serving. Yes. Right. And so when I got to town, you know, here I am, I didn't know anyone. There was no community. Right. Uh, the coffee shop that I was connected to in Tulsa, Nordagios was my community hub. It was my cheers. Yes, of course. You know, it was, yeah. it was the place cause I'm not going to bars. So the place that I would build community and relationship and friendships was the coffee shop. That's right. So coffee waves is not fast food coffee. It's social coffee. That's right. Yeah. It's designed to build relationships. I build my shops giant. They are big. Like the one I just built with you that you built yeah. is 2,800 square feet. No one builds 2,800 square feet coffee shops. They don't. But as soon as they walk in, they fall in love with the atmosphere, the That's environment. Right. Every single person that we have brought through there has says, this is like, this is home. Yes. It's like, yeah. The challenge is, is, you know, the, the, the model makes it difficult to make the money that say a Starbucks would make Yeah, because right. you're doing everything by hand and you're taking your time and most people are in a hurry and they want fast food coffee. Correct. And most people in general really aren't caring about craft coffee because mm. they're fluffing it up with sugar and vanilla and caramel. And that's what Starbucks did. Starbucks right. made coffee popular with a new generation because of all of these drinks, different types of drinks and sugars and flavors and yes. you know, fluffy drinks. Yeah. And so people that never drank coffee or grew up with their dad only drinking truck stop coffee. That's right, black coffee. Right, or yeah. Folgers or yeah, Maxwell House. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> They're not used to coming to a shop like mine and having craft coffee. But you have to train the culture. So when I first started Coffee Waves, you can't believe how many people told me it will never work. This is a hot culture. It's yeah. a Hispanic culture. Yeah. And maybe with the college students, but in general, they're not going to want to pay that amount of money. Right. And number two, it just doesn't fit the, the hot Hispanic beach culture. And I said, that's a lie. I'll prove you wrong. So we started our first coffee waves on Alameda. Mm -hmm. I'm here as a campus pastor. There's no good coffee in town. Right. And so we start the coffee waves on Alameda still there to this day. It's, it's the OG store mm -hmm. right by the university. Yes. And it immediately overnight was a success. And now that store has been running since 2008. We're 15 years on Alameda. 15 years in of people telling you it won't work. Correct. I'm well, they stopped telling me it won't work now. Yeah, because there's five of them. Of course, you know, when I moved to the bluff, I got tons of pushback from from those that lived in the bluff. Three coffee shops have tried to come here. None of them have made it. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to make it? Come on. It was even in the news. Like, why do you really think this shop's going to make it? Because no other shop has. So now I'm eight years in the bluff. Port Aransas. I'm the longest running coffee shop ever in Port Aransas. I love it. I started that store in 2010. I'm 13 years in Port Aransas and going strong. Love. So, so you know, God's hand was on it. I came here to pastor a church as a campus pastor, and what we really needed in this town was relationship and community. Yes, that's right. Where anybody and everyone can come, sit down, sip a good cup of coffee, surf the internet build relationship. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I met my wife on my first date or my husband now on my first date at Coffee Waves. Wow. It's powerful. And that's my heart behind it. It's, it really wasn't about, the primary factor wasn't the money. It was community. But when you build community right, when you do the kingdom right, why wouldn't God bless it? Yeah, that's right. Well said. So you've got, you've got a a heart for community. Mm -hmm. You've got obviously a heart for kingdom. Yep. Bringing people together, and your your venture of coffee allowed you to do all of that. Correct. And also being a pastor, combined, I'm bivocational. Right. So I'm a full time businessman in the marketplace, and I'm a full time pastor in the pulpit. So and I have a growing church and lots of people. So we're impacting all spheres of influence now. You're hitting marketplace, you're hitting the church, and now you're hitting the city gates, city leaders, uh, uh, elected officials, those yes. that make legislative decisions. Now through the marketplace and the ministry, which all of it's <clears throat> ministry. I understood. But There's through, no through the bivocational dynamic, what it does is it positions you to have a greater impact in the community. Well said. Well I encourage I encourage any of my staff if they want to be bivocational, do it. 
but I always make sure they understand what the main thing is and to not get sidetracked by money. What's the main thing? Christ, the kingdom, Jesus. You know, everything we do is for that purpose. That's right. Our business is just a tent making opportunity or a stepping stone to a greater purpose. You want to get saved right now? Because I could lead you to the Lord. <laughs> I'm about to get I'm totally, saved again. Right I'm now. totally kidding you. <laughs> but but we have to understand that everything God entrusts us with is for a greater purpose. It's never just for us. So let me say this real quick. Um, one of the things that I deeply admire about you, and I have, I've been, I have been one of those people who's been watching you for over ten years, and you never knew that. Yeah, and there's many people that are watching you um, as a form of inspiration. Not, not. Uh, it was never anything negative. It was just, yeah. You know, I was like, man, I want to stop by. I want to. I want to meet this guy. This was when I was just running my remodeling mm-hmm. business and and just trying to be faithful. But I had a huge heart for ministry, and because I saw every opportunity I, I was in front of a person to provide them my service mm-hmm. was to also care for them. Right. And yeah. and there are plenty of times it came that I'd be able to pray for them or they would share a, a, something they're going through in their life. Right. You're in their home or in their home. Right. Doing work in their home. Yes. And so it's very kind of like um, you're in their sanctuary. And so it just it gave us a ton of opportunity for ministry. But when I would uh, drive past uh, on the overpass of um, SPID and I drive past the coffee shop and then you've got Rock City just next to it in the shopping plaza there. Mm-hmm. I said, man, I said, I'd love to connect with with uh, Pastor Bendette. Uh, he he's he runs a very good business, uh, great product, and he's got a thriving, growing church here, and he's making a big impact in the community. I said, man, that's my heart. That's what I yeah, want to do. Thank you. And we we get a chance to meet by divine appointment, mm-hmm. which I think was just it was awesome. We're building. I want to tell this just quick quick story here we we are uh, building a the first retail shopping plaza in a new suburb of corpus christi known as london um we're putting up this very big retail center and we need to find tenants to occupy the space yeah and one of the primary things was going to be a coffee shop we needed a really good coffee shop we surveyed the community we knew what people wanted primary coffee like premium coffee was what they wanted Mm -hmm. but one of the tenants was coming and saying hey i'm going to have a shop here but i want to do a coffee shop I was like, yeah. okay, it's a startup. I'm like, uh, okay, all right. And through that, it didn't work out. And so because it didn't work out there, we had a need. Yeah. And um, my my friend, uh, Dr. Wagner, is actually one of the people we just had on our show mm-hmm. last week. Uh, he and I were dialoguing and talking. He said, James, what do you need? What do you need today? We were just talking and chatting. I said, I need a coffee shop. He goes, okay, I got it. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'm going to make some calls. And apparently you guys then met. Maybe the next- At a Majesty Outdoors Gala. At a Majesty Outdoors Gala that you're both part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, hey, what did he say? He said, hey, do you want to put a coffee shop at London? I said, I've always wanted to put a coffee shop at London, but there's no space there. He goes, well, I got a guy that's building a shopping plaza. <laughs> there it is. And he divinely connected us and that's the rest it. was history. The rest is history. Yep. We connected within that week. We had a signed agreement within probably about two weeks mm-hmm. and, and uh, you guys just celebrated your first year yeah, anniversary we, there. We, we survived the our first year, yes. Yes, it was It was like touch and go, but it's uh-huh. just like this community continues to grow and, yeah. and you guys are one of the first people in who put your flag up saying, we're here to serve the community. Yeah. And so for me, you and I have just uh, gotten very close. And I think I may have told you a year ago, I said, man, I've always wanted to connect with you, but I never yeah. pursued the opportunity I just wanted to wait and see how the Holy Spirit would connect Mm -hmm. us. I'll just say that God is the master networker of his kingdom. He is. We don't actually have to forcefully network the kingdom. Well said. He net, think about net worked us. He works us in to his net of the kingdom. Yeah. So you don't have to force or push something. You have to trust God and have lordship and let the Lord divinely lead you where he wants you to be. And hence he led us together. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. And 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 I think just that that um that unity and that harmony is like let's do stuff together, yeah, you know? That's and, right. and and you being here today for me is very special. And you're like, "James, are you nervous before we started?" <laughs> and we love getting together. We just chat and we talk and we uh-huh. laugh and, and you're like, "James, you're nervous." And I think part of it was I am. And yeah. I think it was just that it's that just appreciation for yeah. what 
the Holy Spirit does amongst brothers. Mm -hmm. He'll bring people together who are like-minded that we don't feel like we have to walk and journey alone. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about that before we we came on here was a lot of guys feels guys and gals um, in entrepreneurship, it's a lonely road as they're scaling the mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't typically have people who understand us entrepreneurs. You have a dual role, right? Uh, A lead founding pastor of a growing church has a high, high demands. And then a growing business has, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, has high demands as well. So I can only imagine what it's like for you in, in your brain yeah. um, and your heart to try to sort through all of it. Um, and so I think there's there's a lot of people who listen and say, well, how could I do both? How is it possible for me to do both? And um, and should I do both, right? Should I keep things compartmentalized? Should I commerge the two together of, of ministry, faith, and the workplace? Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit on your perspective of, of should someone pursue by vacation, like doing both, or should they just keep it one or the other. I mean, what's your just being real about it? Every single person has a unique prophetic prescription for their life. You can't formulize it and you can't put it into a can or a box. That's good. Some people will need to work full time in the church as a children's director or a pastor and the church demands it and they don't have the time or they're not in the life stage to do a bivocational, Stages a, is a another good job. It's a good point. Right, yeah. and so y- there's no formula. The kingdom's patterns, not formulas. That's right? good. So yeah, you that's can't, great. you can't, you don't get to decide, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's good. You, you don't get to make the decision that says, this will be my path, this will be my career. What I will say is there's pros and cons to both because everything's a sacrifice. Yes. And everything takes time. Yes. And so everything is a cost. So if you have little kids, you know, no one can tell you and you don't get to choose that Jesus decides it. Hence the understanding of being about the father's business. Yes. So if that's what the Lord wants, that's what I want. The challenge is, is most people make their decisions to do either based on money. There are people at their circumstance and they say, well, 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 there are people in the pulpit for money. Sure. Yeah. And there are it was people a good chasing job. jobs. It gave them a good job, good income, and, and they can just, if they can coast, mm-hmm. which is the wrong mentality to begin with. Right. But And there's people that are chasing careers and jobs solely based on money. Correct. And so what we have to understand is our trust is in God. This understanding of, in Matthew 25, that you can't serve two masters, mm-hmm. it's a very subtle, deceptive thing. Jesus makes it clear, you need to hate and despise <laughs> Yeah. This understanding of avarice, the pursuit of material wealth and gain. We first pursue the Lord and then he can add as he wills the material wealth and gain. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to give us those things and that they're bad. Right. He delights in us and he takes us into broad places. But when we use those things for selfish gain, and that's the problem with ministry or even careers, I will teach my kids to follow the Holy Spirit first, because when we follow the Lord, Wealth and prosperity from a healthy dynamic and success is inevitable. Yeah, it won't ruin you at that point. That's right. You'll have the character to sustain it. That's right. If you don't chase after money, wealth, and success, guess what happens? They chase you. They chase you. That's right. And so, you know, how how does somebody become bivocational? Look, every single thing that's ever happened in my life has been divinely orchestrated by God. In my best day, I could not have made any of it happen. Can you see that happening, though? Like, you say that... Did you, you didn't seek it, but it was divinely. Well, like, you see it like, because you learn to discern. So you have to be in the spirit. The highest form of Christian maturity is to be spirit led, okay. not behavior modified. But I, but I have God's word though. I mean, I read God's word. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be enough? No, it's not enough because you have to have the spirit on top of it. But There's tons it? of people that know the word and are dead as a doornail. They have no life in them. The Pharisees and the Sadducees is a good example. Yeah. Very so smart, it's all, very, very it, smart people. I, listen, they I had know, God's word back and forth, and they added some extra stuff too to really make sure they understood it. But no faith, right. and no spirit. They didn't even recognize when Jesus was standing in front of them. The Holy Spirit. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discernment. Okay, so we need discernment in our in business. every business decision, everything we do, discernment. Well, everything's a test and a sacrifice. So when if you God, say so, if you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Always, you can't have it all. That's right. And so the Lord says. I want you to go to Tulsa to go to ORU. I said, I don't want to go to ORU. I thought always 
my dad had always told me that Oral and Richard Roberts were big crooks. Mm. Don't go there. So I looked at all the other schools and got, and they, all the doors shut and God said, you're going there. No. <laughs> so I went there. I get it, yeah. And then the Lord says, from there, you're going to go into the marketplace. I said, but Lord, I'm called to ministry. He says, but I want you to get a business degree. Right. Because it'll be a tool in your belt to take you where I'm calling you to go many years from now. Yeah. So wow. I got a business degree, not a theology or, do, or you know, divinity degree. Right. So I go into the marketplace and then I'm just serving at my church like everybody should be doing. That's right. And I get asked by God and the pastor to be the youth pastor. In fact, when they made the announcement that they were looking for a youth pastor, I got goosebumps and chills and went and grabbed an application. And I thought to myself, they're probably going to offer me $30,000 a year. <laughs> I was making $180,000 a year. Did they offer you like five bucks or what? No, they offered me thirty thousand dollars. Oh, they a year. did. Yeah. All right. Wow, that's a big I, 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 uh, the, adjustment. The number was right. So it was I, a paid. So it was a paid. It was a paid offer. Yeah, but I I didn't even fill out the application because I knew by the spirit they were only going to offer me thirty thousand, and I was making one hundred eighty thousand. How do you do that? Like financially, how do you make that? How do you, how in the world? Why? Why would you do that? Well, I had already gotten a vision from the Lord that He was going to raise me up to make a ton of money in the marketplace. So that weren't I can you, go. But weren't you already making a ton of money in the market? If you're making, I was that in much that money. moment when the when the youth pastor position came. You're not available. married, no children. No, yet. Not married, no children, debt free, and fifty seventy five thousand in the bank, so making one hundred eighty thousand a year. So at that point, you saw. I think it's important. We're kind of road mapping for some people. I know there's some people right now writing notes. Like, wait a minute, how does this make sense? A lot of this is not about cents and dollars. A lot of this is not practical. Mm-hmm. What you're describing is not practical, David. What I hear you saying is, this is a complete faith faith thing you had something planted inside of you like a seed of i believe this is what i'm supposed to do with my life and i agree with it you're not there yet but now this now that moment comes are you ready the door knock right you had a knock and you hear it now you're seeing you're like oh my goodness do i do i answer do i answer that call right you things in advance okay so it's a it's a prepping isaiah 42 9 behold i do a new thing i'm doing a new thing in you yes before it springs into being I declare it to you. Yeah, so it doesn't come out of nowhere. We have sometimes we have you like have sometimes you have the unexpected. Yeah, there are unexpected invasions from God that you were not looking for or didn't have any idea was coming. Right. Sure. That's but true. in general, the Lord gives us a vision so that we don't perish in the way. Hmm. So He begins to reveal things to us in advance, and then He connects the dots and the pieces. Now, how you're going to get to what He shows you is a different story. Yeah. I didn't see Corpus Christi on my radar or roadmap. Yes. I thought I was going to be going to Miami, but God diverted me to Corpus Christi. And so what happened was I'm working in the corporate world. They announced there's, that they need a youth pastor. I get chills. I grab an app. I'm like, what am I thinking? It's only going to be 30 grand. God, if you, if you want me to do this, they'll have to ask me. The next day I got the call. This is the story of every promotion in my life. That's a bit of a fleece, no? A bit of a fleece, yeah. And there can be fleeces. I don't want to come to Corpus Christi. So God, I need three confirmations. I get three specific confirmations from the Lord to come to Corpus Christi. And that's too long of a story to tell right now. Why do you think people don't put fleeces out? Well, I don't some people much, want, some because people it's won't. testing God. That's what I'm wondering. Some people are like, I don't want to test. Well, don't you want to know? And are you afraid to taste and see? Are you afraid to see if he really has that for you? Because some people are like, well, I didn't get the call, so I'm not going to do it. But meanwhile, the rest of their life, they struggle. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wish I could have, would have, should have. Like, I, yeah. I should have engaged, but I didn't hear the call or I didn't get the knock. Or what is it? There's a, there is a, there's a way to, to find out if, if, if you're, you are called into something to yeah. do something special. Yeah. Specific. So the, the challenge is this, is, this is the hard part for most business executives and most intellectuals. Everything that I'm trying to explain today is this mindset that we must be spirit led. This is why I'm, and, this why and I'm beating that, that drum. And that there's not a formula. There's no A plus B equals C. If I'm kingdom. making a ton of money, isn't that enough? Because can't I just tithe money and, and that'll be good? Like, like, wouldn't that just be enough if, if I'm... Do you get my... Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, it, there's, some, there's some people who have so compartmentalized their life in business. Right. But they have the call of God on them to work in their business as ministry as well. Yeah. Like, is there, 
a converging together. Can you're demonstrating extremely well, but they say, well, he's a pastor. Uh, we're all called to share the good news, aren't we? We're all called to be ministers of Christ. We're all called, no matter our vocation, no matter yeah. what we choose to do in life. You're in full-time ministry no matter where you're at. Right. So you're never not supposed to be in full-time ministry. Right. But people choose not to be because of a lot of reasons. And that's a whole nother discussion. It is, it is. People are hurt, they're jaded, they have, they're misidentified. Mm -hmm. They don't see themselves as sons. Sure. They don't value their who they are. They don't understand the Father's love or they have squandered their gift and they think that they're not gifted enough to do it. Yeah. So the money becomes their outlet to resolve those issues or the giving of their money. Thank you. This is what I'm. This is what I'm bringing. That's up. Right. So that, but that's a whole nother. It diversion. is. It's a whole nother thing. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make to you, because you asked me the question, the question was, how do people know if in the moment the decisions to make and where God wants them to go, and then you asked, how do they know? to be bivocational or not. Right. Those were the two questions. Yes. So let's stay on that because that's a big other topic. When we start talking about people hiding behind their money <laughs> and their wealth. Come on. <clears throat> the bigger issue is pastors that value people that do that. So then they want to suck up and brown nose the people that have the money because- Which is very dangerous for both parties. Both it, people- And it's everywhere that. in the Western Americanized yeah. church. Yeah, it's very manipulative. It's rare to find a man that could care less about what you own and possess, but loves you for who you are. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well said. True love. It's called perfect love. Perfect love. Yeah. And especially when we're building and we need money and we need resources. And then when I see you, I see dollar signs. Right. And then because because someone who has wealth knows the role they have, they could then use that, try to manipulate somebody. And then it's a two-way street. Now it's just a form of manipulation, yeah. which is actually where church hurts and everything else come in, right? I. That's why I don't look at tithe records. It's smart not to. I don't need to know because... I don't care. Well said. Yeah. I, I think, care about you and I care about your money. But what I care about is if I can get you flamed on with the spirit and spirit led and, and you're not giving, then you're not really being spirit led. Yeah. So we put the cart before the horse. Yeah. First comes the Holy Spirit and the life of Christ that makes you new. And then your desires to freely give as you have freely been given. Yeah, that's right. Some chains are falling right. off. Right so so in some, every decision. I can hear some chains falling right now. And we've all had to have them broken. I've yeah. had to too. But every situation and decision that got me to this point has been divinely inspired. I did not choose to start a coffee shop. Okay. I accepted the charge. It's good. I chose to say yes. I mean, yeah, but it's obviously. not like I walked into town and said, man, there's no good coffee. I'm starting a coffee shop. Instead, what I did is I put a little coffee cart in the church that I was pastoring and I, for myself. He started. I love it. That's, I, so that's I, how you started, coffee cart. There was a coffee cart in the lobby of the church and a couple walks up and says, we don't know anything about coffee, but we'd love to run it for you. I said, great, I'll teach you. So I taught them and it turns out that their father was willing to invest in us starting the first shop if we put a business plan together, he said, would you like to do a coffee shop? I said, yes. He said, well, we'll give you 20% sweat equity in the first shop on Alameda if you'll bring in the marketing, the energy, the coffee, the passion, and yeah. we'll bring the funds. So I, I didn't ask for that. It presented itself. Yes, I love that. So yes. then I said, yes, let's do it. But I knew it had to be about community more than money and relationship. Yeah. And so the first shop opened up a year later Another wealthy business investor comes to me and says, you should open up a Coffee Waves in Port Aransas. And I said, you should loan me the money. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and he said, okay. He who has the idea has the cash. Right. He said, he said, okay, because <laughs> I didn't have the money. I wasn't going to go to a that. bank at that time. And so he loaned me $100,000. And then, then from there, my partner took Alameda. I took Port Aransas. Rock City ultimately was birthed. Now, fast forward, there's five shops I own them all and bought my partner out. Yeah. But everything was divinely orchestrated by the Lord. Yes. See, if you have to create it, you'll have to sustain it. Well said. Yeah, and the stress burden of all of it is constantly on your shoulders. What good will I be to my three little kids? What kind of pastor will I be yeah. if I'm stressed, anxious, worried, yes. depressed? Yes. It doesn't mean I don't have my moments and I have to fight the good fight of faith. We Come all on. do. Yes, that's right. It doesn't mean there's not days I'm battling stress, oppression, depression, anxiety. We all, we the all devil knocks that. every day. Yeah, every day. But the point is, is that when you're doing what the Lord has called you to do, you have to examine everything you're putting your work, your hands to. Yes. 
Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians teaches us, examine your work. Work with your hands so that you yeah. don't have to depend on anybody. Amen. So there's no codependency on, a, on anyone else. There's full dependency on the Lord. Working with your hands, trusting God, and letting God do what he does best. The, the issues, most people don't really trust God. This is kind of goes back to the point I was saying. I've, I've got the money. I'm doing well. I've got the income. I'm good. And, and, and that's I'm what the, the young rich ruler said. And, and it, he said it, that exact same that's, thing. That's I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm, and Jesus said, okay, great. Go sell it all and follow me. Yeah. I think that. The, and he, he walked away with his head down. There's many people will take that verse right there and realize that, well, that's why I don't want money. That's why I don't want wealth. That's why I don't want to be rich. I think I've had to wrestle with this myself. I think he became a dead sea. And anything and everything that flowed through him, he capped it and he held it. He didn't have the outlet where he didn't realize that this was really just the vehicle that he can then go and be part of caring for the least of these. Mm -hmm. Always to care for your neighbor has always been there, yeah. right? And so I think it just capped for him. And he, it's like the other parable where the man was storing up these, he was building his silos to fill it with all of his gain, his wealth, his seed, right? The, mm -hmm. the product that he produced. But he didn't realize that that was supposed to just continue to flow through him. And if you're faithful with little, more will be given because now you're a faithful steward mm -hmm. that can continue to plow back into the work that matters to our king, yeah. to our father. Amen. That's and good. that's the reason I believe why we're in ministry. That's why we're in mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And he'll continue to expand our tent pegs because we've been faithful with what he's given. Mm -hmm. Always care for ourselves, care for our families, for our children, store up an inheritance for our children's children, make our children work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, right? Yeah. But it's that premise, don't let it cap with you. And if you do, yeah, you would be that rich young ruler walks away because he had great possessions mm -hmm. that controlled him. Yeah. I once heard long time ago, if, if a possession becomes an obsession, it's an idol, mm -hmm. get rid of it. If a possession becomes an obsession, it is now your idol. Yeah. You bow down to it, you worship it. You need to cut it off and get rid of it as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what happens with wealthy people because they're, they're, our focus now comes on the stuff that we buy, the goods, the stuff that eventually breaks yeah. and we throw in the trash, but we worked for however many hours, weeks, months to go and purchase that good that eventually just is mm -hmm. finished. Yeah, And that's what we've become, consumers. And I don't wanna be a consumer. Yeah. You're not a consumer. Mm -mm. We're not consumers, we're producers. We produce and we create with what, with what God's put in our path to create with, to That's serve right. the community, to serve the people around us. Amen. So looking at your path and where you're at right now, what would be your advice to uh, a, young, a young entrepreneur that wants to get into, uh, that has a heart for the kingdom, they have a heart for God, they love Christ, um, you know, maybe they, they want to be a pastor, a youth pastor. Maybe they have that calling. Maybe they don't. But they just have that burden to reach people. But they love business, too. Can you can you put together like a little a pathway that they might consider kind of launching themselves or taking that first step of pursuing business as a way to do ministry? <clears throat> and does that exist? Is that a real thing? What I just said? Sure. Yeah, of course. God uses business and businessmen in the marketplace for ministry and a pathway to ministry. In fact, I wish more pastors actually went the business route first because they would learn leadership skills. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it's true. And they would they would know how to treat people well and right. The challenge again comes from everything is transactional based on what you're going to do for me. Right. So the business world is often a sales world to close the deal. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to close the deal. But the ultimate is is serving that individual, meeting their need. Now you've just created a friend. And then when you've created a friend, a true, genuine person, don't look at it from the dollar sign. Look at it as the person meeting their need. Now you've just built a residual relationship. Well, we call that phileo. That's phileo love. That's koinonia love. Yeah. So that's benefactory love. Sure. Right. So I'm going to I do things for you. And in turn, I it's reciprocal. Sure. Yeah. But perfect, that's how friendships are built. Like, yeah. But perfect love's higher than that. Because most people. But does that exist in the business world? It's little to none. Does it belong there? 100%. Because that's true lordship. So we say that I want your best good, but at the end of the day, I still am doing business to close a deal that has a reciprocal benefit. Yes. So. Which is normal. I mean, like, that's a normal transaction. 
that's a normal transaction when it's when it's done for the right reasons so anything that has selfish ambition attached to it is selfish mm -hmm. true yeah so the greater love is this understanding that whether you do for me or not i'm going to do for you and then god says i'm going to move their heart to do for you more than you ever thought how does it how is that applicable in a coffee business can you can you paint the picture of that because i'm thinking it's a transaction and that's, I think, how most people look at business is this. It's just transactional. The only transaction. that's why we're in boxes. Like we box our faith here and our business practice here. Like we've literally compartmentalized our life at that point. If that's why people feel like they're going to the secular world to go to work. Well, since we're in the Kingdom Heirs podcast. Come on. If it's not a kingdom transaction, it's a worldly transaction. Okay, come on. Okay, yeah. so, so we are <clears throat> buyers and sellers and, and interchangers of truth. Yes. But not yeah. for profit. We don't peddle the word of God for profit. Yes, that's right. We we peddle the word of God and the truth and make the exchange because people who have no money need to buy bread, wine, milk, and honey. Gotta buy our okay, goods so, that we live off of, yeah. So if God blesses your life with resources, your resources are solely designed to advance the kingdom, not yourself. Mm-hmm. If there are any selfish motives or intentions, you're deceived. Like what? Give me an example if you don't mind. This is about me and what I'm going to get. This is about my promotion. Yeah, but I just created a transaction. I provide them with a service. I got paid. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. So what part are you talking about? I'm talking about doing anything for any other purpose outside of the kingdom of God. Every cup of coffee that is being sold has a purpose for the kingdom of God. The staff that work for me are under the tree branches or the, the in the tree branches of my life. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. David, you don't have a Bible verse on your coffee cup. Actually, I, I took the warmer off. There's. What do you mean? Well, I'm going to I'm going to really beat this drum down because there is a ton of people that don't understand what you're talking about right now. They don't need to understand it. What does this mean? Well, Doesn't everything if this is a Christian like a transaction, shouldn't you have a, a Bible verse on this? Or are you it's talking not about a Christian the, transaction? Are you talking about the spirit in which the service is provided? It's a kingdom transaction. This is what first. I, I, I want to nail this down because I think this is crucial for what we're talking about. Every dollar goes for the kingdom good. Okay. The peoples that work for me are under my covering. Yes. Whether they're atheists or not. Right. It's how you care for them. The people that you step into my care. shops, step into the hand of God on my business, whether they know it or not. You're daily praying. You have a covering over your place. The You've employees got that work for me. Invitation open. Lives are blessed because not only do I teach them work ethic, which is a problem with millennials and today, but I also love them well to the point where hopefully when they leave they say this is the best job i ever had and my life was better for it and by the way well said a pastor owned that shop that was strange in some cases the employees will come to me for guidance and help some won't some will right they don't have to they can yeah and the next thing is that the people that are buying the drinks and supporting the business when the business that has god's hand on it is successful people take notice that we're surrounded by a cloud of witness and they say there's the kingdom of god i see it so when when hence he, when i drove past right when on the, the highway i'm like i know that there's a god's hand is on jesus that. said when the finger of god when deliverance comes upon you the kingdom is near and the finger of god is there and so my my main point that i'm trying to say to you is there's nothing wrong with making money we should work we should make money yes the issue again comes to the love of money is the root of all evil if that's the only focus if the money is the only but focus. it's subtle deception even if it's not what there can be nobility wrapped around money i want to be wealthy so that i can give ten thousand dollars a month to missions wrong answer come on come on because it's so subtle yes so now what have i made my measuring stick so in nobility of a right intention i say i want to make a lot of money so what am i making my life about money and let me tell you most of the people that i know when it's only about making money first even with nobility wrapped around it are a mess i've seen it and their family's a mess. I've seen it. And so there's a there's a fine line and a balance that every man has to learn for themselves. Much of what I'm talking to you about has to be caught, not taught. 
you got to get yeah. the self realization and revelation for yourself. The challenge is a dad like you and me can't push our kids to go get careers to make good money. If God wants them to be a doctor, a lawyer, own an oil field business, then God will make the way, but he's got to put it in their heart. That's right. So God put it first in my heart to be a pastor, but he said, go to business school first. So then I went to business school and then I come to town to be a pastor and somebody says, hey, you want to start a coffee shop? Prayed, yes, Lord, I do. Now I own them all in five shops because it was divinely orchestrated by God. I did not have to make it happen. Wow. Wow. You know, you, what, you're, what you're telling me here is I know I know people are like, are you kidding me? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And there's others people that get it. I get it. I get speaking to them right now. The key thing, I, I'm reminded of what you said at the beginning. You've got to be spirit led. You have to have the Holy Spirit um, uh, inside of you directing, directing your very steps. And I'm reminded of uh, the Hebraic word for uh, Holy Spirit or the name is the Ruach HaKodesh is the breath or the wind of God, mm -hmm. the breath of God or the yeah. wind of God. He speaks to us and he gives us that 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 momentum. He breathes life into us and he gives us the momentum that we need to move forward in faith. He's the revealer of truth. We can read the scriptures. We can have it here. And we can understand, okay, that's what it means. I get it. But he's the one who uses the word to convict the heart, to take that hard heart and make it pliable and soft and tender. And, and Right? And at that point, he'll also be the same one that will allow us to uh, walk it out in faith. Hmm. So if we're walking it out in faith, now we're being led because we've just incorporated him into our lives, our daily life as a business person, as someone who is uh, high level management, mid level management, just entering into the gates. I'm just in high school and I want to get started. Mm -hmm. Right. But to the point, it's spirit led. If we're not spirit led, we're always going to be trying to find a letter of the law or trying to figure out, well, you know, that's the pathway right here and it's not happening. Now I'm discouraged. You, you, mm -hmm. you know, now I'm, I'm just. Yeah. That I, I missed my opportunity or it just wasn't meant to be. Right. Well, maybe you just missed the boat, man. Maybe you looked at it to try to find that rigid pathway for you to get to where you want to be, but you did not in include the Holy Spirit as your mm -hmm. teacher, your guide, the one who's going to instruct you. Well, everybody wants the benefit, but they don't want to pay the cost. Okay. We might have to actually say no to some of the desires that we have. We may have to say, no, I can't. Because if I say yes to this, I say no to something else. Well, there's this, there's this. That's the sacrifice dynamic. But in the context of wanting the benefit, and not paying the cost, there's a price that every man has to pay to be spirit led. Yeah. Yes. And that is intimacy, secret place, abiding. Jesus made it clear I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide, 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 abide. Stay connected. But most men are Stay workaholics. Connected. Right. So they get up early, and all they're thinking about is work, 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 work. <laughs> and they rush off and they start at 6 a.m. and they work until 6 p.m. They're gone 12 hours a day. Yeah. And everything's consumed about, their thought. Well, and but it can have noble intentions. I need to provide for my family. Thus, I must work and my values and work. And then we say he was a good man. He really worked hard and provided for a family. Yeah, he missed birthdays, games. He wasn't present and probably an alcoholic or strung out on something because most men that are workaholic workaholics have major vices in their life not all of them do but some most do yeah that's and right. so the bible makes it clear that unless the lord's building the house of labor's labor in vain right. it's vain for you to get up early and go to bed late and eat your bread with sorrow could you imagine could you imagine i can imagine i'm, I'm experiencing it right now where i worked those 12 to 14 hour days for 10 12 14 years straight and i now work probably eight hour days, seven to eight hour days, maybe six to eight hour days, but I'm accomplishing more. I'm earning more income. I'm spending more time with my, my children, my wife. Um, we're taking more time to actually create memories than when I did when I was working as many hours as I was working and putting in more time. Mm -hmm. So it seems like my surrender, I had a surrender point in my life is I don't want, I don't want to gain the whole world, but lose my family. I don't want to gain all this wealth and then lose my soul. I don't. And I'm a born again, spirit filled believer. Mm -hmm. I just don't want all of that. I actually just want community within starting with my own family. Start there. I want that. And I had to tell myself, I can't just pursue. I can't just pursue the nobility of, oh, I'm going to make money. I'm going to, and I'm going to sow. 
it needs to be, I'm going to connect with, with my Lord. I'm going to connect with my Jesus every day and I'm going to be spirit led and I'm going to see what he does. I'm just going to take the back seat here for a minute and allow him to take the lead role. And this is what I hear you saying, uh, which, which you've done and you've been walking it out now for years and not that it's a perfect or stress-free life, but you move with intentionality, you're very purposeful, and you have more and more people that want to come around you to somehow glean some of what you've got. How does this guy do it? I mean, what what is it, right? And I think that's what's really cool about the place that you've said. Um, you, know, you have people coming to you and say, well, what does is, what is, uh, Bendette say about this? Which one, the pastor Bendette or the business owner Bendette? Oh, it's the same guy. Yeah. It's the same one. It's the same dude. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's cool about your life and what it models is that uh, it is possible, guys. It's um, it's possible. You can do this, but it's spirit led. Yeah. It's not pattern or success plan or anything else. Uh, and it also doesn't mean that I just sit back and don't do anything. Spirit led is not passive resignation. Right. It is still... It is still, uh, but your spirit led in your pursuits, and you you follow the Lord. See, Jesus did only what He saw the Father do. Yeah, it's wow. one of the hardest things that we could ever arrive to, and yet it's so simple. David, as we close and we wrapped up this um, this time together, time flew by. By the way, yeah. Um, you know what's what's one what's one thing that you would want to encourage? a young entrepreneur who's on the pathway similar to you. There's a lot of people right now are listening who have identified, man, this guy is walking a walk that I want to walk or I feel like I'm called to walk. What would you, what's a bit of advice that you can give them that they can kind of take hold of so they can make their next move? Well, my first piece of advice would be to just die now. Die now, what do you mean? Forsake all. David, what does that mean? That means that you lay your life down at the foot of the cross and your, your life fully becomes his life. It's, you are fully surrendered because if you don't kill the selfish ambition thing early on, you're gonna use and abuse people and step over people to get to where you wanna go. So things don't go wrong, they start wrong. So if I'm advising a young entrepreneur or somebody that's just getting started and has dreams, ambitions, and goals, is to make sure that they're according to God's design and that you are healthy personally. Yeah. I wish I would have known this at a young age. Okay, that's the right. Key. So, geez, so the, nothing's more important than being a true disciple. Sinless fee. That's the Mary. That's the Mary, not the Martha. Right. Premise. Right. So, from that place, you get divine guidance and direction. The Lord may say, I, "I can tell you one thing. I would not recommend." What's that? Going to a public university yeah. right off the bat to learn uh, business. Yeah. Right, because you need to get a foundation first in your identity who you are yeah well said yes because the public right. universities right now are rewiring a cesspool yeah. of demonic agendas and i've seen more young kids go with noble intentions fired up for the lord and get sucked into the vortex of deception yes yes so what i would say is find a good school or roberts university there's a lot of great even liberty even though it's baptist i'm not anti-baptist no, of course yeah uh I do like Or Roberts University, which is my alma mater and where I went for a lot of reasons. But I would say get specialized training. Yeah. And I would also say that, yes, education, I'm not anti-education. Understood. But God has a way of educating you and training you through life. Yes. And I also would say that in general, I'm pretty anti-seminary. Cemetery? Did you say cemetery? Yeah, cemetery. I'm anti seminary for a lot of reasons yeah because what you don't need is principles what you need is to get into the word deny yourself forsake all become a son and daughter and know your identity yeah that's right if you don't know your identity you'll have no power and authority to do what god's called you to do you have identity crisis your whole the whole adult life and so my advice would be get dreams from god dream with god dreams are a promise of the outpouring of the spirit joel yeah Right, so Joel 2.28, Acts chapter two, in the last days God would pour out a spirit and your young men would dream dreams. That's right. And so the dreaming dynamic is very important. Most of these young entrepreneurs or people that could be listening or watching have lost their dreams. They don't dream anymore. Right, and yeah. so, but, but you need to dream with God, not dream with yourself. That's right, yes, yes. So when you dream with God, he gives you divine 
revelation about where you're to go and what you're doing because we need on fire christian doctors yes we, we need do. on fire christian scientists on. we need yes not scientology just christian scientists, scientists. yes yeah, we need yeah. on fire uh for christian first responders yes and every, right? so and every part of life, every aspect need, of society need, god wants us to to be there yes but you don't just choose your path you get divine revelation so it's like what am I going to cook today? Well, let's look at the ingredients that I have in my kitchen. And then you take your ingredients and you create something unique and fun based on what you have in your hand. I love that. So God shows you like you have a love for people or you have a love for chemistry or you have a love for space or you have a love for seeing people get born again. Whatever it is, you together with the Lord dream and then God divinely orchestrates you on your path. I started this whole conversation by saying everybody's got a prophetic prescription. That's right. What that means is, is he's the master physician. He's wise and knows what's best for you in the future. Let him write your script. Yeah. Yeah. Of your destiny. Come on. You don't, you don't just choose. You say yes to it. But even Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Wow. So, so this, this is, so is total dependency and surrender. So just die now is forsake all because the cost of discipleship to this next generation is not being taught. And people have walked away from the cross and they're not forsaking all. That's right. And so if we don't bring the cross back into our hearts and our lives, you'll never be successful in what you do. That's my final word. Hmm. David, I love this. Yeah. Thank you for good, doing this, man. man. Thank you. You're it, welcome. Um, you know, guys, uh, as we wrap this up, I just want to um, encourage you to take this, replay it, go back, make notes. If you missed something, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. Um, I said it earlier, chains are falling off. Uh, and I really mean that. I, I really just I just could hear chains falling off as we were talking. Mm -hmm. um, chains that you had uh, of bondage. And um, it's crazy to talk about. We're talking about business, talking about faith. and But that's the reality. So take time, uh, seek, seek the, the Holy Spirit in your life right here, right now. And um, I truly believe that um, new doors, new pathways are beginning to open right now mm -hmm. for you. It is so powerful. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> if you uh, really you know, enjoyed and you, you gleaned something from this time, uh, if you would, please uh, write that down in the comments below. Uh, we want to hear from you. That way we know we know you're watching. We can see we can see the count going up, which is phenomenal. I'm so thankful for that. But but comment down below. Let us know what you're gleaning. Um, uh, it's it's fuel for us. And yeah. so so thank you for that. Um, also, if you would uh, like subscribe and ring that bell for the next episode uh, that would be also great we appreciate that you can uh, check us out at our swag shop as well we've got a bunch of swag up there it's another way you can support this effort and this movement please share this with some friends and some family some other business owners even if they're they're christians or not uh, i think the true uh, businessmen will appreciate just hearing from other business owners and leaders and so um, thank you again everybody uh, god bless you and we'll see you next time thank yeah. you